Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. I'm Jesse McAnally. And I'm Andrew DeWolf. And welcome to Musicals with Cheese, a podcast where I try to get Andrew to like musical theater. And Andrew, can you believe it? We've got a super special guest today. A, a super special guest? Ooh, uh, yeah. that's even more special than you usually say. And you say that every time, but I think I say that every time. That is true. I do say that every time. <laughs> um, join me in introducing um, a writer, podcaster, video maker based um, creator. It's Matt Baum. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Is that Thanks intro? so much for having me. Uh, but you, thank you for accepting the worst introduction I have ever given to a guest. That was very <laughs> kind of you. <laughs> Happy to, you know, charity. as long as charity, <laughs> I just like the attention. And I've once mispronounced someone's name. So let me just say that. Here I know you got it right. Here I am. Ta-da. Thank you so much for joining us. This is going to be exciting, especially because people have probably already read the title. Yeah. Yeah. I am delighted for any opportunity to uh, broach this topic. So uh, I cannot wait to talk about this movie. All right. So this was your pick. So I'm going to let you introduce. What are we talking about this week, Matt? We are talking about The Apple, a 1980 sci-fi disco rock Bible allegory uh, fiasco that it is. Uh, you know, I was talking about this the other day. I think this may be one of my fa- like in my top five favorite films. I think I think it's just like one I can of, see one of, that I can I have lost count of the number of times I've seen this movie easily over a dozen. Oh my god! It's an easy watch. It's fun. It yes. is. It is. I love showing this to people. I love introducing them to it, and, and like half watching the movie and half watching people's reaction to uh, like this. The the what is happening look on people's faces as they see this film is such a joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Does everyone have their BIM stickers? Or? Oh yeah, I got my BIM <laughs> sticker like all at the ready. Like we're all indoctrinized indro- into BIM. <laughs> um, on that note, cue the music, Bree. Magic apple, mystery apple. Take a little ride, let me be your guide through the apple paradise. Juju apple, voodoo apple, take a little bite, spend the splendid night in our garden of delight. So The Apple is a musical with music by husband and wife team Kobe Recht and Iris Recht. Um, they wrote the lyrics as well. And a script by Manaheim Golan, who you might know from Canon Films, who is notorious for many different reasons. If you've watched Red Letter Media, you know that name well. Um, and it is based on the Bible. Sure, we'll say that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it premiered for... inspired. <laughs> yes. By something for sure. Um, it was inspired by LSD. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it is attributed as one of the writers. Um, it premiered um, for a wide release on November 21st, 1980, and the plot of which in the not-too-distant future, the future being 1994, a naive, <laughs> idealistic young couple enters the music industry, but just when their dreams seem to really about to be coming true, they encounter drugs, greed, and the dark underside of rock and roll. And, yeah, and- it's it is dark. It's like you know that doesn't even like touch on the um, I don't know sort of the, the the magical or supernatural elements of the movie. Like it really catches you off guard with just how uh, fantastical it is. Mm-hmm. Now, Matt, when did you first watch The Apple? What was your introduction to it? 
I have to give full credit to the wonderful Alonzo Duralde, who is a um, movie critic. He's one half of the uh, film critic uh, couple uh, on Linoleum Knife, uh, who many years ago, he was in San Francisco, where I lived at the time, and he was giving a presentation uh, based on his book, 100 Movies Every Gay Man Should See. It's some variation on that. Um, So it was just like this marathon sprint through clips of the the queerest movies are like the must see films uh, for gay men, and some of them were like the classics, like I don't know, The Women or uh, you know, the, the Wizard of Oz, and then others were more obscure. Uh, this is how I also discovered the film Mahogany, and he had just this one brief clip. I think it was one brief clip of Xanadu and one brief clip of um, the Apple, and I was like, I got to know more about this, whatever this is. Um, <laughs> And that was that. I got the DVD from Netflix because those are back in the days when you get the the red envelopes in the mail. And like I was hooked. I was just hooked at that point. Like I was already a big fan of fiascos like like Xanadu. Um, And I was like, I've discovered the greatest work of art I've ever seen. Uh, (laughs) Like, you know, I just love when a movie is so full of choices. They don't have to be the right choices, but when a movie really commits to what it's going to be. And that's exactly what this film does. It doesn't hold back at all. No, no, no. You know, this... (laughs) There's no undertones in this in this uh, no, it's movie. It's all overtones. All, all overtones. Yeah. <laughs> um, Matt, I hope you'll forgive me, but Andrew just watched this for the first time, I think, two days ago. So, Andrew, if you could do your best to describe what the plot of the apple is, oh, I would Lord. really appreciate it. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, boy. Uh, so there's like some sort of music competition happening at the beginning, I believe. Um, and I think it's an artist group called BIM. I could be wrong about that. That might be a genre. Um, no, it's Boogaloo International Music. So okay, it is an so acronym. Okay. So it's not an artist or a genre. It's a record company? Yeah, it would be like if a band was also called Columbia Records. Yeah, it doesn't really make that much sense. Um, but yeah, and BIM like, is, is, you know, being backed by um, the devil like the literal actual devil uh it's satan it is it is satan there's no question um so Are you sure i what <laughs> <laughs> don't don't play with me like this okay right. um and then there's a uh like a um young naive duo playing a love song and they're also in the competition and the people at first, they don't like them because they're not the new hip thing, but then everyone's, like, remembering the old days when love songs existed, and they start to like them, and they get enough heartbeats that the Satan has to step in and uh, stop them from winning the competition. With a mini red tape. Yes, and it plays, like, a annoying noise over the speakers or something. Um, but I guess they get enough attention that Satan calls them into his office to have them sign a record deal. Um, but the the male member of the duo is like, nah, this this is weird and I don't like it. And also, I just had a vision of hell. Um, like and an earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> when I went to sign the contract. So I'm not going to do that. But the the lady is like, man, that's super cool. I'm the Eve analog. I'm going to sign the contract. <laughs> the titular apple. Yeah, I'm going to eat the apple. Um, and then things spiral out of control and we start going into like all of the satanic panic type tropes where it's like, oh, the mark of the beast and everyone has to wear it and 
and there's nothing you can do, and the devil has, like, full control of the government and everything, but, but this young man who didn't want to sign the contract, he, he, he stands up to it all and, and finds a, a group of hippies or something. And, and I, I, it gets, gets so crazy, I don't even know how to and describe it. And then God shows up in the movie And then ends. God shows up at the end, and that's how, it, it does, like, the plot doesn't even go anywhere, it's just like, oh, and then God's here, and now it's over. Um, <laughs> God's, God's like, uh, bye, we're leaving. <laughs> And that sums up, and let's just say, even if you heard that and then you watch the movie, you're you're still going to have a blast. This isn't a thing where the plot's going to bother you. I, I, I don't even think I touched on everything that happens at all. Like, there's just so much wild, fun things that happen. Um, yeah. I can't describe it all. I don't it's know. It's a real I, romp. <laughs> I, I hope I was relatively accurate, but, you know, it's, it's, there you go. I mean, was he accurate, Matt? You, you've seen it a dozen times. <laughs> You know, I think it's not entirely fair to ask someone to summarize the plot because it's uh, there's a kind of lack of continuity or at least causality in this film. That that's what uh, I'm saying, right? You know, it makes it sort of like a dream. So it's like describe the plot of a dream. But there are some like I think legitimately great songs. Um, there's some wild costumes. Uh, there's oh, an yeah. extremely uh, graphic, um, a sexy time song. Um, gosh, what else? There's. Uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think I think you nailed the the main beats and and the real pleasure of it is just the the complete bafflement. I think that that a viewer an an average viewer feels upon watching uh, some of the artistic choices that are made and uh, some of the the performances that are so big. Uh, oh, yeah, you know, Miriam Margolis is in this, by the way. Professor Sprout from uh, Harry Potter and you know a million other things, but. Uh, she makes she makes a, a, a brief appearance as a landlady, uh, and she's a she's just a real hoot as well. Um, it's really like it, it reminds me of something that um, Ebert Roger Ebert wrote um, in response to one of John Waters' films, which is I, I believe he called Pink Flamingos. He said it cannot be evaluated as a film; instead, it must be evaluated as a fact. And I feel similarly <laughs> about the Apple. It's not so much a film as it is a fact that exists. It is a fact that it exists. Yeah. Uh, um, strangest choices, I guess. So it, could we go into that at all? Yeah, yeah. Like, where, how do you want to tackle it? You want to, like, just go through some of the highlights? Start at the beginning? Yeah, I mean, one of my personal favorites is just straight up, everyone has stickers on their face. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it is, you, I mean, watching the movie, you're going to notice that constantly. Everyone has stickers on their face. It's a plot point, but it, it is just so weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, these holographic stickers. I, one of the <laughs> lovely art choices that they made in this film is that um, the future, you know, the, the 90s, as decided by the late 70s, was just going to be a lot of holographic stuff just on oh, yeah. things. Just, you know, it does that thing where it's like future cars. It's just going to be like 70s boat cars with like a lot of stuff glued to it. And future <laughs> clothes are just going to be like 70s bell bottoms with hologram stickers on them. <laughs> And and the, the and like the hologram on the on the forehead is sort of like the mark of the beast, I guess it's supposed to be. Um, yeah. I went to a screening of this in Los Angeles a couple of years ago, and there was somebody there handing out little stickers <gasps> so everyone could wear. Their I want marks. one. I kind of wish I could have gotten one for this yes. episode just to wear it. But it's like, where are you going to get a little bim mark? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> somebody. Yeah, I mean, Etsy. I, I guess. Yeah. Like if you think about the, I'm trying to, trying to think if there's an actual analog because one of the one of the wild things about this film is the stuff that it kind of gets right, which is the idea that we would choose pop stars by a national televised vote. Well, that is a thing. I mean, that that can I, I mean, bring, it's happening. 
something up that's connected there you might already know this matt mm. oh the yeah the nigel connection right yes 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 <laughs> the choreographer of this um would go on to create like shows like american idol uh dancing with the stars and all that america's got talent it's crazy like you just where did stole they get that the from idea the do you think <laughs> <laughs> and is the devil involved in all of those programs yes Ooh, yes his name's howie mandel <laughs> yep yep there he is <laughs> Yeah, but I so I think that it's fascinating that they got that detail right. Like obviously, like talent shows have always existed, but um, getting that like national televised like pop star competition yes. thing in there is it's wild. The, um, that's there. The heartbeats measurement mm-hmm. is a little bit. Um, I don't get it. Like, <laughs> what are they measuring? It's so strange, isn't that weird? It's like such an ephemeral thing. Like they measure the enthusiasm of the crowd through some sort of like through heartbeats, through a measurement of heartbeats. Is it like the average? heart rate of the audience yeah like are that's they kind of cool are they is, is are they all like wearing the apple watches is being stressed out like it they then that's, they still consider the performance better <laughs> that's the thing that's <laughs> because like the the slow like acoustic love song is like getting the heartbeats up there and it's like it's making the audience horny <laughs> Maybe that's it. oh yeah it's the galvanic skin response <laughs> That's the, that's what they're measuring. That's, I mean, I kind of get the idea in my mind as a sci-fi idea, like, oh, the more heartbeats you get, the more into a song you are. But in execution and like trying to figure it out practically in this world, it makes as no an sense. introduction to the movie. It's like this is in the first scene. Yes. It's like you have to figure out what a heartbeat is. They'll it's- never pass 150 <laughs> beats. It's 151 beats right now. Honestly, what? I'd be very concerned. Like if that is the heart rate, like that's it's time to get worried. How's the yeah. audience doing? <laughs> audience is not feeling good right now. <laughs> this is not one of those films that I really like belabor the logic of it really heavily. When, well, you can't. You know, sometimes I'll watch something and be like, well, that doesn't make sense, but like, I, I do kind of like give up very rapidly on that kind of thing. And just, it's a real pleasure just to get into the silliness of like that first, that opening number. I think it does a great job of setting the tone. It's it's a diegetic song. So like, yep. we don't even realize we're in a musical at first. We just think it's like a concert movie, maybe. We're in that that song. And I think it is kind of a banger. Like the the do the bim or whatever the, the title is. It's like, hey, 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 bim's on the way. Yeah, bim's I on think. the way. <laughs> <laughs> and I do feel bad. Like there was like a wave of films um, and Xanadu's, you know, among them that didn't get the memo that disco was on the way out. Like they just didn't <laughs> realize that we're about, we're like reaching sort of a, a, a tipping point. Um, Cause it does have, it does have kind of like a real fun disco vibe. Um, it, it, even in that opening number later on, there's uh, there's a song called speed that is just, it's just a, <laughs> Like a work of art. You want to talk about like your heart rates going up. <laughs> it's so intense. I've always wanted to see it like a drag number to that song. Um, it's like just this high power. Like it's so clearly about like drugs. It's so, like just oh, it's just it's a called piece speed. Of coke. Yeah. And next thing you're gonna tell me is I'm coming is about sex. Wow. What? How about that one? Yeah. Reportedly, the actress was like too shy to sing it. She had to be like coaxed into singing that song because it's just filthy. And fun fact, this movie's rated PG. The same yeah. thing as Disney's <laughs> Up. Wow. Wow. That's <laughs> that's wild. <laughs> anyway, How I do does... like I think it's I think it's like all fun and like all stupid. And if you're just like, I'm just gonna have a great time, then uh then you will. Oh, the countdown is on for like Doug Walker to be like, Oh the apple! It's it makes no sense. 
<laughs> oh, good lord, please no. Yeah, please just. <laughs> How is this not have first? a massive cult following? I think it does, it does. but like. It, it does, okay. I, I think, you know, it, it lacks a certain, um, I don't know, breakthrough fame, maybe. Like, people have heard of other fiascos, but yeah. I don't know that the Apple is quite as prominent because for a long time it was really hard to come by. It was actually when Alonzo, who uh, hosted the screening that I went to, uh, he hosted some sort of screening, like a rare screening uh, many years ago in Los Angeles. They were able to get like a screening print of it and he hosted it. It wasn't available on DVD and it was a hit. Like it like packed the theater. And I guess like the story goes, I don't know if this is true, but it's a great story. So let's let's pretend that it is <laughs> the story goes that some executive or somebody who worked at MGM was there and was like, oh, people seem to like this. We got to get this out on DVD real quick. And yeah, because so they, they, they own that, right? <laughs> yeah, they hastily released it on DVD. And and that's how I found it. But for a long time, it's like you couldn't find it anywhere. Like it wasn't available. Like, um, oh gosh, I don't know. Like like some of the stuff that you might see Elvira hosting. Mm-hmm. And then let's not forget the accidental director's cut release where oh, yeah. someone in 2008 requested a print and they just sent out an earlier work print, which was had extended song numbers, deleted scenes, alternate <laughs> scenes. And they're like, oh, okay, Wait, we that had this happened? this whole time. <laughs> Yeah, there's um, there's actually a scene in the trailer that doesn't appear in the movie. Uh, it's part of the, the Child of Love song around the end um, where they're like surrounded by candles. It's a very beautiful moment in the trailer. And it just never happens in the movie. But this, <laughs> this screening print that they got the wrong print uh, of had it. What I am desperate to see someday is apparently there's like this opening number that was incredibly expensive and just a huge disaster that it was just completely removed. It, it's, it's God and the devil singing to each other amidst all these dinosaurs. And we set up never God. Seen. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. We should talk about God. We should talk about the God character. Just uh, Ackland, he the, just, car- the, the actor. He just drives, he just drives down in his car. Uh, <laughs> it's a literal, what I love about it is it's a literal deus ex machina. It here comes God in a machine. Just like all hope is, all hope is lost. They're they're cornered by all of the police and the and the devil himself. And then, who drives down from heaven in his wh- whatever type of car that was? Nineteen seventies really jalopy thing. Yeah, it's huge. But I, God I, himself. And his tone is very. Um, I think this has gone on long enough. Like it reminds me, it's like Riker in that one episode of Star Trek where he's like, "I've had enough of this charade." Uh, <laughs> like the, 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 it's the like you could have stopped revealed. this at all t- at yeah. any time. <laughs> it's like the Watcher in the Marvel What If nonsense. Like, oh, oh yeah. I, I guess I should step in now. It's like, geez, you think? <laughs> it's a good like, yeah. It's just like an intervention to 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 put a close to everything and be like, all right, that's enough of that. That's enough silliness. It, just, it really does feel like, all right, we're, we're our runtime's getting a little long here, so let's uh, we just gotta end the movie abruptly. It's like a, 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 um, I don't know, a chaperone popping in to be like, you kids, keep it down in there. Okay, what moment had your jaw on the floor the most? Because there's about four coming to my head, and I feel like you're all you're all gonna have more. So I think we should round robin one moment that's like, oh god. Um, the first one that jumps into my head is when Alfie just grabs his landlord's breast out of nowhere, and I'm like, "Oh, oh my!" I remember that. And they, it impl- <laughs> maybe I'm getting a bad implication that he's paying her in sex. 
I love I don't it. I never got that, but sure. I mean, honestly, why not? <laughs> that is a great interpretation. I have a feeling like Mary Margolis, the actress, would, would be into that. Like she, if you've ever seen her on Graham Norton, she has so many like filthy stories. She's a lovely lady. Uh she's she's family. She uh her wife uh she's a naturalized Australian citizen now. It's a lovely clip of her uh at a naturalization ceremony, kind of throwing shade at the, the Prime Minister of Australia at the time. <laughs> but so anyway, Mary Margolis, like a fantastic storyteller, great actors great fun and i kind of like the interpretation that um she's getting she's getting a little extra on the side from from alfie to to pay the rent (laughs) that's the vibe i got from it all right andrew what's one moment that got you like jaw on the floor oh lord i mean i i think just when they go into like they have the earthquake and then it just goes to hell like they're just now they're just there they're just in hell i was like okay i i honestly i was like is the entire movie gonna switch now like, are we done with, like, the modern stuff and it's just going to be now all, like, direct, like, we're just in hell? And then it just, they just go back to the office and it's like, oh, okay, I guess that's over. All right. The fun was uh, over. <laughs> I don't know. But there's, there's, like, a ton of just, what? <laughs> <laughs> that hell set is real hoot. One of the um, dancers in there has a costume that has always reminded me of the flying spaghetti monster. It's just a bunch of, like pool floaty tubes like it's yeah. like the set is huge but then the the costumes really feel kind of like community theater no shade to community theater but it it doesn't feel like the costumes are in keeping with the budget for the set and he's just like got these like noodles attached to his shoulder <laughs> um i think my favorite is the the vampire that jumps up out of nowhere in that song uh, yes. what a what a revelation i was gonna say like one of my favorite moments of the film it's a natural 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 desire meet an actual 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 vampire what a waste of lyrical space how many Just actuals is that a waste are you kidding me they needed that time it's up. yeah yeah you're like it's an actual what 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 is it what rhymes with desire <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I do want to say in that sequence, there is a lot of there was a thing in the 70s where anyone could be a sex symbol. So it's like this relatively decent, well-built, but not quite like rippling abs and no butt whatsoever in a mankini. Mm. It's like <laughs> I'm like, man, people used to be able to look like that and be in movies. I miss that. <laughs> There's a um, I think it's very clear uh the the origin of the gaze like the, who is looking at whom in the making of this film uh the women are gorgeous uh they look yes. very like marketably attractive and the men are interesting to look at I, actually I, I take that back because like alfie is actually like he's got uh, like a nice shaggy chest that i think is very um easy on the eyes uh, but a, a pandy or dandy, I cannot remember which is which. Uh, I agree. Like the underwear is ambitious that he's wearing. <laughs> I, I, I remember if it was pandy or dandy. Now I think it was, was dandy because the... pandy is the one that sings. I, I'm gonna. I want to come or whatever. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What a what a sentiment. P or D. Um, this is a movie. PG. Same rating as up. Think about that. Um, all right, Matt. First watch. What shocked you the most? Um, gosh, you know, I think it's so hard to choose. That that vampire really sticks out to me. <laughs> There's also like the, the the speed. The song Speed is such a like it's just such a banger. Like I love it and I want to see a drag queen do it. I think one of my favorite moments is actually it's just a small thing. But and one of very few small things. Oh gosh! But then there's also the clown. Like there's just a clown that pops <laughs> yes, up for no oh reason. Oh god! Anyway, yeah. no, I think I think my actual favorite thing 
is the second song in the movie, You're Made For Me. It comes like 20 minutes in. So you might not even realize that you're in a musical at this point. It's the first moment of like... Um, the moment of, of this is going to be a song where like people just burst into song and it seems to like shock the cast when it happens. <laughs> he starts singing like the music, the music starts very suddenly and everyone starts singing and dancing. And it, it's completely like, it's like that moment where they go to hell and you're like, Oh, are we here now? Is that what this movie is? <laughs> oh, <laughs> it seems like the movie's just like changed its mind about what kind of film it is, because it seems like we're going into like a very classic, like forties golden age uh, or at least trying to achieve some of that um, that vibe uh, kind of kind of musical number, and then it just ends and 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 it goes away. And it, like so many things in this movie, you're left feeling like, did that happen? Was that a dream? Did we have a musical <laughs> number? Did it? Did she just envision it, or did it actually happen? Is that the kind of movie we're in? I don't know. The answer is yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's open to interpretation. All right. So, up. Oh, sorry. Um, I I have one more thing to say about this. Uh, we we've covered a lot of um. Christian musicals, and yes. this is the best one. <laughs> wow, that's uh, just—it <laughs> is worth noting that this was originally written to be a Hebrew musical by two Israelis, um, and then the director came in and is like, you know, these movie musicals are making a lot of money. Why don't we just turn it into a picture here? And then he added all the things that you think he would have added, and now we've got this movie. I guess there isn't necessarily a Jesus figure, but. I feel as though the rapture and the mark of the beast and all of that sort of stuff is usually Christian. I'm not really sure. Maybe you could argue that it's not a Christian piece. I'm not super uh, Bible fluent, but I, it does feel like the, the inspiration is very Old Testament rather than New Testament. If, if I had to, you know, that's true. do my best but to interpret. A lot of Christian fundamentalists do lean into that, so... I guess I, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, though, there is no Jesus figure. So no. I think it is more of a Jewish show, if you think about yeah. that. Okay, so I, I have to take it back. It's not the best Christian <laughs> musical we've seen. It's the second best <laughs> Jewish musical. This and the Fiddler, <laughs> right neck and heck. Yeah, oh Fiddler, Fiddler is definitely still better than this. But what? This is more How fun to watch you. in an hour and a half. Yeah, this is much <laughs> shorter than Fiddler. It does. I, I think it goes down easy. There's some parts of like, you know, I keep comparing it to Xanadu because they happened around the same time. But there's some parts of Xanadu that do kind of drag. Um, and I don't think you have that same issue with with the apple. It's just a it's fun from start to finish. It's, it is a blast all the way. Even the parts that are like that you would think are terrible are funny. So it's mm -hmm. like whatever. <laughs> yeah. Bef before we go into previews, um, I do want to talk a little bit about how this film was received um, and the the insanity that is the slight behind the scenes. So it premiered um, at the Montreal Film Festival, which was kind of its North American premiere, um, and people hated it. They were given like free LPs of the door and they just started throwing it at the screen. And oh. the director was so disheartened by it, he like attempted suicide and was stopped by like his partner that night. Um, it was a rough time, but it found its home and it found its place. And the two songwriters are still around today. And they're like, yeah, um, up to the day he died, that film director was talking about a follow-up to The Apple. <laughs> like, even in 2012, he was like, we're going to do another The Apple. Um, so this it, was a big passion project for him. How is it? How did people react so negatively to it? Like, it's I can not see it. that bad. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is um, Lindsay Ellis talked about this recently on her podcast, uh, Musical Explaining, uh, about how a lot of the films at the time reached 
uh, I don't know, attracted a level of ire that looking back, they just didn't deserve. I think we might look at Cats 2019 the same way. It's something that I think is a real, there's just so much, such joy in there, but there's sort of a stigma around some of the trappings of the 70s that felt very dated, uh, you know, things shifted, musical, musical taste shifted very rapidly um, in a very short amount of time. And so I think that was part of it. I think there was sort of a... Um, somewhat homophobic, somewhat racist backlash to disco that, um, you know, persuaded people to greet it with some level of toxicity. So I think that's part of it. And just didn't have, I don't know, we're entering a a period in the 80s where it was all about like conspicuous opulence. And I don't know that the Apple really indulges that taste in, um, in the way that people might have been looking for. It's not, it's not a, here's the other thing is it's not a sophisticated film. Like it's not a, it's not, it's not a film with any like irony or, uh, no. you know, deeper meaning. It's, it's kind of gleeful it's and delightful. on the surface. Yeah. It's, everything is on the surface. So I don't know. I think it might've been easy for people to, to look down on it. Unlike Cats, this doesn't feel cynical in any way. Yeah. Cats was so. a very cynical move, especially if you trace it back Although here. maybe at the time it did feel cynical. I'm not sure. I will say that maybe it's because of the audience. Remember, this is premiering at a film festival, mm. which I think they should have premiered this at a roller rink. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it would have had the best like reaction there, like a very nice like movie house somewhere small where everyone's like, yeah, let's go. Let's have fun. But not mm. at a snooty film festival where you're aiming to get reviews, which is what they were trying to do. They thought this was a cabaret-style musical that was going to get real big attention was the vibe I was getting from um, the the behind-the-scenes stories. More of like a Rocky Horror kind of thing. I think that's that would have been like the what saved it if that had emerged. Like if some sort of like midnight movie quality, if it had, had that. Um, but I think Rocky uh, has you know is so knowing um, and, and and so subversive. And I don't feel that the Apple is subversive in quite the right way that it would earn like um, it doesn't go far enough. Yeah. If you feel like, you know, a, you know, a marginalized person, um, I don't think you're going to be drawn to the Apple in the same way that you would to to, to Rocky Horror. It doesn't have any of those themes. Like, yeah. Yeah. In it necessarily. Um, and also, it's I don't know. A we can bring it back now, though. I mean, I feel like th- this is the time. I would you know love if, that. A stage it's the adaptation. Time. time for a stage adaptation, I, guys. <laughs> it. I think it's doable. I mean, I think now is the time. We're well past 1994. We are the future. <laughs> I have long said that it would be a fantastic stage musical. This, and I just did a video on my YouTube channel about the movie Mannequin. I think both of those things are just, like, would work perfectly on stage. Cannot agree more. We talked a lot about people's reactions. It's now time to compare our opinions to those of, let's not call it theater critics, but definitely people that have opinions. It's time for our favorite section, <laughs> with previews. The- it's time for previews. It's time for previews. So, what we usually do is we usually compare our opinions to the New York Times review of whatever musical we covered. This didn't really have that kind of draw out. So, I tried. We're, we're going to play a game, Matt. Basically, okay. is what we're going to happen between you and Andrew. Um, it's a game called Five Stars or One Star, where I'm going to have myself read the review and you both have to guess whether it was a five-star review or a one-star review. And these oh, are all this. from Letterboxd. Um, Great. It'll be back and forth. And then at the end, if there's a tie, um, there'll be a tiebreaker. 
So I can't uh, imagine the kind of person who would dare leave a one star review of this movie. Ooh, it's not the ones you'd expect is the weirdest part, which is what triggered this. I was like, wow, <laughs> I, I don't quite know what to take away from that. Um, okay. But Matt, you're up first. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Um, so this is their first review, and it just says, latest reports indicate that BIM continues to be on the way. That was the full review. Well, oh man, I'm really thrown by how you said it's not the ones you expect. I mean, the level of knowledge to be to to know to know the lyric of the song to reference it suggests to me that this is a fan. So I'm going to guess five star. But but I'm afraid I'm afraid they to had guess to watch star. at least the first five minutes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> then again, I'm say five star. it's like one of the few songs that repeats because they sing it at the start mm. and then they sing it for another like ten minutes in the middle. Um, so they, it is the most common song in it. That was a one star review. Uh, <laughs> I was afraid. I of know. That. <laughs> all uh, right, Andrew, you're up. All right, um, all right, all right, all right. You ready? You yeah. ready? I'll give it a shot. Remember, this is from Letterboxd. These are not my opinions. Um, the, okay. the, these are not my words or opinions. So this review says, one of the gayest. Oh, no, sorry. One of the all-time gayest. I mean, that could be positive. So I- I'm going to... Mm, it could also be really... I want to give charity here and say it's positive. So I'm going to say five stars. That was five stars. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. Matt, you, you can still win this. Don't worry. We got a couple of these left. Um, all right, you ready? This one will probably be a little easiest. What the actual shit? I have no schema in my head for what I just witnessed. Everyone has to watch it. Hey, hey, Bim's on the way. (laughs) Okay, that everyone has to watch it makes me think five star. Yeah. That's what I'm going with. It's a one star. (laughs) No! I know! Okay, how you're giving him all the trick ones. I'm really not. I'm really not. Andrew... (laughs) What's okay. wild You're... is like all the things, all the critiques, all the things that people are saying, like, are, are the is exactly the same way that I would endorse the film. Yeah, like, everyone should watch it. Ben <laughs> is on the way. One star. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's bringing down my letterbox there. Can't have that up there with Citizen Kane. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Andrew, you're up. <clears throat> okay. Totally coherent and full of catchy tunes. Real earbugs like coming all over the face and I'm loaded on lewds with Dracula very little rollerblading and youth hockey for 1994 I mean that's obviously very sarcastic yeah I gotta go with one star that sounds like a really negative review that is correct (laughs) I'm feeling bad now see that wasn't a trick one though (laughs) you're giving him all the trick ones (laughs) all right all right all right all right Matt you're next okay this is the full review and today I watched the apple that's the entire thing? That's the entire review. <laughs> you got nothing to work with. I'm going to say one star because that one sounds a little resentful. It was five stars. Oh, oh man. no. I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to trick anyone. Like this is an indictment of the the of Letterbox. The, these, it these, really is, though. Yeah. It's impossible to tell. And that's part of the fun of the game. All right, Andrew, Today back to I you. watched the Apple. <laughs> I like that it starts with the word and as if to say like an additional thing, but that's the full statement. Um, Here's the review. Erg, I love this so much. I mean, the obvious choice is five stars, but I feel like it's got to be a trick now. I'm going with five stars. It's not a trick. That is a one star. I I think Letterboxd users just don't know what criticism, they just don't know how to evaluate. 
Is le- is Letterbox like? Is it flipped? Is one star the most? No, oh. no, 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 no. <laughs> they use golf scoring. Well, technically, <laughs> these are all point, like a half star. But I, that isn't as catchy, so I want one star. So it's mm-hmm. the oh, highest so the- rating and the lowest rating. Is basically. So it's a half of a star. So it's, yeah. it's actually less. They <laughs> yes. gave it less than one star. Yes. Every one of these is technically less than one star. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Matt, you got this. Okay. <clears throat> As the boneheads like to say, this movie has no religious undertones. Well, okay. It's impossible for me to anticipate uh, <laughs> how this person feels about the movie. Um Gosh, this movie has no religious undertones. And I think that's, they're right. <laughs> they're overtones. It's all overtones. <laughs> that feels to me like, I don't know, someone who has at least thought about the film, but I don't know, like these people seem to seem to feel that like, I don't know, the more they think about the movie, the less they like it. So I'm going to say this is a one-star review. That was five stars. Ah. Good Lord. <laughs> All right, Matt. <laughs> Andrew, you're up. Okay. We got three yeah. more. I don't oh, think there's going to be a tiebreaker here, but I mean, yeah. I, who knows? <laughs> um, here's the review. I genuinely wonder if I left my body for a brief moment during this movie and just started hallucinating. It sounds negative, unless they're like on a drug trip, in which case that would be a good one. Um, I'm going to go with one star. This is a one star. That is a one star. All right, Matt. Okay. All right, <clears throat> I'm gonna give you the last two. Andrew's done, so you got a couple points. I have not been keeping a couple points <laughs> at, in any way whatsoever. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, it's lightning in a bottle, shit lightning in a subpar bottle, but even so. All right, I'm gonna guess one star. I'm gonna was, guess one star. That was five stars. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm I promise you Andrew can scroll down and look at these to make sure that I'm not like cheating. I have not done so yet. Um, All right, here's the last one. Um, This is the only what if heterosexuality were illegal dystopia that actually slaps. Praise be unto Bim and the (laughs) Boogalocracy. What? That sounds like they liked it, so I'm gonna guess five stars. We're ending I... on a good note. You oh, got good. it. <laughs> oh, good. I just I was starting to wonder. I don't know what stars mean. The the stars are unrelated yeah. to the text. The stars are not aligned. <laughs> this was so much fun. <laughs> I love this. Thank you, Matt, for playing, being such a good sport about this. Uh, yeah, you bet. I feel so um, uh, <laughs> disoriented. I feel more disoriented from the reviews than I feel from the movie. Well, that says more about Letterbox than it does about the Apple, to be honest. I just, Erg, I love this so much. One star. <laughs> How, like, what? I, I, I know, Letterboxd is a cesspool. And they all think they're real critics. That's the best part. Well, uh, I give them one star. Yes, one star to you people. Lightning in a bottle, shit lightning in a subpar bottle. Five stars. <laughs> and that was this week's previews. On that note, how about we go into a mid-show announcement and then we talk about some songs? Yes. Please. All right. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt you in the middle of the show, but we've got a sh 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 at you. Today's show is brought to you by the extremely kind donations by our donors over at Patreon. Andrew, what's Patreon and what do they get? Oh boy, Patreon is where you can go if you want to support us, you know, and give money to creators like us. Um, Lord knows we need it. Yes, we do. You can also get commentary tracks that we do and video versions of every episode. Yeah, you can see Matt's beautiful face right now. Oh my god, he's doing flips? Oh my gosh, get off the ceiling, Matt. That's oh my, dangerous. How? You're back. You can't stop me. Here oh I go. my gosh. You can't be stopped. Oh my oh, god. can't stop the music and I'm the music. It's actually, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's got a big old apple. Don't don't take a bite of the apple, Matt. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking a bite. Oh, don't bite no. the apple. I gotta take the bite. <laughs> he did it. He did it. Oh, <laughs> you know what? Now that he's finished the apple, I see something on the tip of his lips. I can just see he really wants to say join join our Patreon. He wants to say it. Oh. I can see it. Please join our Patreon. I got him to say it. I got him to say it. <laughs> I didn't say whose Patreon. Just ours. Could be hey, anybody. Hey, hey, that could be hey. He's got a Patreon. He's got bonus videos on there. Join his Patreon, but join ours first. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> All right. Um, our current patrons are Melissa Goldman, Terry Needleman, John Donna, Leighton Ackles, Danielle Rennix, Justice Stampede, Ewan Cassidy, Tess Gear, Fire September, Monica Thoreau, Mina Maneri, Brent Black, Haley Murray, Nathaniel Stacey Coombe, Joseph Evans Green, Carrie Ahern, Mary Lou Choquette, John Van Alls, Rusk Walker, Musical Hell, Emily Gracie, Tablam, Kyle Summers, Janae C, Scoot in the Technicolor Dreamcoat, Felice A, Liz Lim, Allison Stellar, Nothing is Certain Except Beth and Taxes, John Van Alls, Thesbian, Ren Cullen, Wait in the Wings, Jacob Stroop, Rafael Martinez Salaz, Robert Benjamin, Rachel T, Jessica T, Genevieve Hartnett, Cass, Mitchell Young, Chai Teacup, Katie McDonough, Timothy Keyes, Jeffrey Machado, Toon Van Essen, R. Elliott, Chris Marcote, Katie Sherberg, Tommy Mo Robinson, Kiji Marie Anastasio, Layla, RJ Norija, Sebastian Canino, Avon Regan, Lizzie Keynes, Charlie B, Patrick Deering, Julia McLennan, and Courtney Schreiner. They all give us financial support that helps us keep the lights on here at Musicals for Cheese, helps us keep Brie employed, doing our editing. She's coming back soon, don't worry. So why don't you come join us over at our Patreon, or else you're just not cool enough. Bite the apple, guys. Come on, take a bite of the apple. <laughs> yeah, the Patreon apple. Take a bite. <laughs> all right, on that note, let's get back to the show. <laughs> The BIM song is what we open on, and it just introduces you to the insanity that you're into, but also tricks you into thinking this is going to be a more normal film than it is. At the same time, it is both insane and mundane. How? What is it doing? What is this song doing? 
it's a, it's such a smorgasbord. There, there's so many different like instruments happening. There's so many different like vocal ideas happening. My favorite part is like when somebody like is dancing off the side of the stage and they like, <laughs> like dance into the fog. Like it's just a cloud. They're just enveloped <laughs> by the cloud and you lose sight of them. It, there's uh, it, it's just it's it's a little of everything. But it's I guess it's a it's a, like a stadium power ballad, like a disco stadium power ballad. I it guess it looks like a dope show. Like honestly, yeah. I would love to be there. <laughs> yeah. And get it your heartbeat counted. Yeah. My heartbeat would be at at least 150, <laughs> probably higher. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a great number. It is not an opening number in the traditional sense of a musical, I don't think though. I think it sets up the world perfectly. Really? Because um Bim is on the way. <laughs> <laughs> but Bim never arrives. <laughs> I guess it does. It really does establish like the whole vibe, the the BIM vibe, which is yes. p- power, the accumulation of power. That's what's important to 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 people. That's like popular at that point. So I mean, it does yeah. it does establish that. Um, and it's, it's also, it, I mean, it's a, it's the a BIM happy audience. They're having a great time. The BIM music style is consistent as well because <laughs> you later get the song "Speed" when you know the what what is her name? BB. BB. Yeah, I'm looking. Okay, I'm looking at the names here. <laughs> I'm just now realizing Pandy, Dandy, both spelled with eyes. You have BB, Alfie, all spelled with eyes. What is going on here? What is this? I didn't even notice this. <laughs> and then Boogaloo. <laughs> yeah, and, and Boogaloo spelled with a W O W, so it should be Boogaloo. Uh, unless... Oh, that's weird. Yeah, it's. I don't know what it meant to um, Golan and Globus, who made this and a, a ton of other wonderful uh, f- fiascos in the eighties. Um, they also made um, Breakin' and Breakin' Two colon Electric Boogaloo. So Boogaloo came back as a subtitle <laughs> that means nothing in that film. So I don't. It's just, it's just there. Boogaloo, does that mean that the, the devil devil actually does have? cultural relevance in that way because electric boogaloo is like a like a joke right it's like pretty common well the uh, it's canon films which uh is the company that made a lot of that stuff they are like i think they did make an enduring impact on the culture for better or for worse they also uh made uh, Ch- uh charles bronson they made a bunch of movies with charles bronson so they kind of like made him a thing and now and then they actually had a hit they they did uh runaway train the sylvester still oh no not the so they did Runaway Train, which was a good movie, and then they did the Sylvester Stallone arm wrestling movie, uh, Over the Top. But let's not forget what their follow-up to the Apple was going to be. Um, and this is actually famous. It was supposed to be the first live-action Spider-Man movie starring oh, Dolph yeah. Lundgren as the Green Goblin. Oh, yeah, you were telling me about this. This and sounds awful. <laughs> Stan Lee is J. Jonah Jameson. It was supposed to be produced by the director of the apple and that was like their next big thing um imagine that obviously that, fell through. imagine if that gets referenced in the new spider-man mm. uh, there is a trailer um <laughs> brie play a clip from the trailer for the canon films version of spider-man within this unsuspecting city history's greatest experiment creates tomorrow's greatest superhero spider-man the movie live-action spectacular directed by Joe Zito, based on the characters created by Stan Lee. And then we all just take a sigh of relief that that didn't happen. But it is getting referenced in uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, where he will be in that Spider-Man universe. It's going to be great. Yeah, I mean, I wish. (laughs) I wish someone would be that obscure with it. (laughs) 
Um, Where were we? Yeah, let's actually move on to the next song I really want to talk about. Um, I'm going to talk about mostly things we didn't touch on in the first half. Show Business might be one of the worst songs I've heard in this album. Like, I mostly just how they say show business and where the emphasis is on the wrong syllable. <laughs> like a puppet on the string, like a monkey on the swing. Men is clinging to the ropes of the fantasies and hopes we are dangling. Mr. Boogalo! He's so eager to believe and so easily deceived. Like a baby watching magic, he's so gullible, it's tragic in the world and naive. Life is nothing but show business in 1994. We fight for the spotlight. We That's one of my favorite details about this movie. Life is nothing but show business. Like it's this, it's the least, it has the worst cadence. I think what's going on there is part of it might just be a translation issue because the songs were not originally written in English as far as I know. And so nope. I, I think that might just be like a, like a translation problem, but, and gosh, what a, what a beautiful like staging of that one too it's like they just went to a mall like in the day like one day like the mall was closed or like it's an airport <laughs> lobby or something nobody's mic'd properly so it sounds like really weirdly echoey like and you can, they're hard to understand because like they're just like the, the the reverb in the room is terrible um yeah yeah that's the one where I, I feel like nigel lithgow if he was actually doing any choreography there might have been you know taking a lunch break when they when they worked on that number <laughs> yeah that that number is probably the worst executed number in the film and that's and it's followed up by one of like the better ones too so yes it's weird um it is followed <laughs> up by the apple which is like one of the best musical sequences ever <laughs> let's just say it like it's that just absolutely bonkers <laughs> it's a natural, natural, natural desire Meet an actual, actual, actual vampire Let the apple set your soul on fire, fire, fire You'll be hypnotized and you'll be demonized But you'll be paralyzed, so you'll be victimized You're fascinated, captivated, losing your mind When we cast the apple light on you Sacred apple, take a little chance, get into a trance, and join me in the apple dance. And I'm just saying, like, imagine this on stage. Just imagine you're at the theater. It's kind of like the the spooky uh, hell dream from from um, it, Mormon. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> So it's just like, what a perfect, like you got monsters coming out of everywhere. You do vampires. like weird lighting, the vampires, why are you here? <laughs> everyone's like dressed in like next to nothing. Uh, what a perfect opportunity to do like a cat's trick where everyone's like climbing through the audience. I, I, I would, I would love to see it. Yeah. Do the Apple on Broadway, please. Um, specifically this number. Um, I, I just think that this is like made for the stage and don't change any of the costumes. No, keep the keep integrity cheaper, to all the costumes. The cheaper, the better. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, I completely agree there. Do they do shadow casts of the Apple? I, they have to, right? I don't think I've ever seen one. 
what a joy it would be. Like I've always dreamt of something like that, but I, I just, I don't think this one is as notorious as like these days, everybody's all about the room. Everybody's like, Oh, the room, it's the worst movie ever made. And I, I found the room like kind of like it's falls funny. short of this one. It's really not like the worst or it's not even really the funniest. The room you cannot like watch Lysos. on your own. The room is boring as hell to watch on your own. This mm-hmm. is a joy really to watch is. on your own. This is mm-hmm. so much fun to watch by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But also I, fun with a group. I think it would be fun with a group as well. Yeah. I would be so delighted. There's like a weird drag bar here in Seattle. Um, uh, there's there's quite a few, actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but there's uh, there used to be one called uh, Rebar, and then there's um, a bunch around the corner that I think would be like, there are these weird kind of dingy basement bars that I think would just be a real, it would just a perfect perfect venue for like everyone's crammed in back when we can you know when we can go back to doing this we can go back to cramming people into weird spaces (laughs) this strange basement uh venue cram them all in uh have some real uh low budget costumes and and visual effects and get creative and do a fun the apple for a live audience it would be so much fun i'm begging i'm begging drag performers all over the world to do this I want this in my life. I will go. Like, I don't care. Seattle, I'll be there. I'm, I'm going to that. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Um, Let's get a touring. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> honestly, a touring production of a drag version of the Apple. I am mm. in. Oh, God. Yes. Yes, please. Um, let's talk about. It's almost just a regular version of the Apple. But... <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about how to be a master, which might be racist in 12 different ways. <laughs> Reaching the top is such a long, hard climb. Millions of people stand and wait in line. Do you think I got the being patient and kind? Yes, I know how to be a master. Push and seven claw. Step on those who fall. It takes no time at all. When you know how to be a master. He knows how to be a master. Boring being cruel continuously Sometimes I tire so I show sympathy But now we've had this tete-a-tete You see, yes, I know how to be a master Ooh, lure them into chains Ooh, whip them till they're tame Ooh, they'll learn to love their pain When you know how to be a master it's a white man singing reggae for one, like which is just weird to the ears. It's also just not the not a very good song. <laughs> yeah, too, but it's he's talking about how he's the master and they're all slaves and they very much focus on the two like servants of color um every time they talk about what a great master he is and I'm like I d- I don't much appreciate what you're trying to do here, movie. Mm-hmm. Th- it feels like you're trying to make a point but you also don't understand the point. Yeah, boy, it's uh, that's one of the songs that I think lands really bizarrely. Yeah, it's um, I I just I have no explanation for it. Um, <laughs> they're like, let's just put a reggae song in the middle of this and just give it to an, an almost all white cast. B- baffling, baffling. Adds adds literally nothing. That's so one does, of the. Few- does that mean the two Boogaloo songs are just the worst songs? But they're also the best because they're so bad. <laughs> like. <laughs> I love his dedication to non-dedication I think is the best way to describe it he doesn't it. really sing he raps you know he'd be great in Hamilton yeah you know he no, definitely not a singer that's uh, Vladik Shabal who is also a Bond villain I forget which one he's in Casino but, Royale the original one no. and they mentioned Casino Royale in the lyrics The wait the Woody Allen Casino Royale am I remembering right I think he's in the original James Bond Casino Royale 
Am I okay, correct yeah, well, here? so Casino Royale's been made a couple of times. There's oh, th- there's so there's there's quite a few there's quite a few interpretations. Just like eight hundred Bond movies, so you, know, yeah. you have to be really specific. <laughs> uh, no, no, he, so he's in from Russia with love. Oh, okay, yeah. There's a there's a there's a real weird um, Bond um, before Sean Connery uh, with just an incredible cast uh, Peter Sellers and um, uh, gosh this this shows you what uh, who's 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 the guy who's the guy who made Citizen Kane Orson Welles Orson Welles remember yes. his name for a moment yeah, yeah Orson Orson Welles and um, Peter Sellers have a scene together and apparently they hate each other so much that their parts had to be filmed separately uh, it's what? just uh, it's it's a real it's a real mess. Wow. Um, James Bond movies are uh, a fucking mess. I've seen like one of them. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you should be sorry. Um, oh, my God. We got to talk about speed. Yeah, we do got to talk about speed. Um, I want to live in that movie, in that in that song. Like if I could just live in in speed, like her energy and enthusiasm. It's uh, I don't know. She feels like one more moment. She's just going to like drop dead. But uh, yeah, well, she well, can like, keep the energy up. It's It's beautiful. It's like being on speed. It is. That's... I mean, it's supposed to be like fake enthusiasm, right? Because they're trying to show that like Bim is cynical and and whatever, and they force you to do these songs. But it's still fun. I don't know. <laughs> it's just a hit. Like I know it's supposed to be like, oh, they're making her do shitty music, but it's one of my favorite songs of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, the Universal Melody song. It's not. It can't be as. Come on, that. Bim is on the way. They know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> also, we I do need to like just shout out the actress uh, Catherine Mary Stewart for like yes. her choreography with the boots. She is wearing some really challenging boots in that number, and she's doing some kicks that are just like fantastic. Like great, great work uh, all damn. around. Yeah, and her sinking on set because that is not her voice; that is a dubbed actress. No. Um, it is wonderful. Like it is yeah. like seamless. I I thought it was her, and then I looked up and I was like, oh no, it, it looked good. I, on y'all. I wouldn't have even known that unless you just said it right there. The, um, <laughs> the screening of this that I went to in Los Angeles, uh, there, there's a lot of people who are like devotees and like people who are like industry people, like very into like television, you know, the stuff like that. And there is during Speed, there's a brief appearance by an actress whose name I've forgotten. She's just like a background person in this song. She's like straddling a motorcycle at one point, <laughs> but she's apparently an actress from a soap opera. I don't know the deal, but like. She got a round of applause for like the second and a half that she appeared on film when I was in that theater. <laughs> People recognized her. They knew who she was and they were so happy to see her. Uh, so I don't know. There's a little Easter egg in the in the middle of speed. I mean, I think there's another Easter egg and I want to make sure I got this one right. Um, oh, okay. So there's a very famous musician and composer in the middle of like the industry meeting where he's like, uh, he was like a journalist and he's like, oh, you paid off the journalist. No, we bought his entire thing. That guy, his name is George S. Clinton, um, mm-hmm. and he has written music for like a thousand different um, places, like the Mortal Kombat original score and the Austin Powers scores, the Santa Claus 2, and he's just in this movie as like a random guy in the background. Well, he did the score for, for the Apple. Like they, uh, So there's this husband and wife couple that did yes. the original music, and, and I think he did the, did he do the translation? I think he worked with them on the translation. So it's, yeah, it is really weird to be like, oh, that guy. Like, I mean, nobody would recognize him because he's a music guy and he's always behind the camera. But still, oh, yeah. yeah. It's so like, it was one, this was one of his early, early jobs. And he's a named character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, all right, all right. Let's talk about coming. <laughs> Uh, nice. Yes, please. <laughs> coming, coming for you. 
So this, this is, is a, a very subtle song. Yeah. Oh, it's Boy. really subtle. It's a lot of undertones. Um, you know, you got to really read in deep <laughs> the coming. I think this is one of the moments that was responsible for the movie getting like a negative reception because it's visually it's pretty queer. Um, right. At least, you know, comparatively to what else was being made at the time. And also, gosh, this song is just so explicit and filthy. Uh, the choreography as well. Like it's just uh, this is actually I, I do think like it has some good choreography. Like when people are like tumbling around on the beds, like it looks great. It's it's gymnastic and people are doing great stuff. and They're nearly <laughs> naked. Um, but wow, it is shockingly sexual. Yes, <laughs> it's PG. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. PG. For it's for kids. It's for kids. You could show your child this and it would be fine. Um. Incredible. Just imagine being at this movie with like, I don't know, your grandparents or something. Wow. What a what a moment to just like look awkwardly around at whoever else is uh, like I don't know. staring. My, my grandparents, those horn dogs. <laughs> <laughs> they were probably the ones at the sc- original screen. Like, oh, that's the best scene. I interviewed a guy a while back who uh, was remembering like he grew up in New York and he would go to Broadway shows every now and then. And he had this vivid memory of being taken uh, by a priest, no less, to see a show called this is a real thing. It was a show called Let My People Come. And it was um, sort of a ripoff of hair, I think. It was sort of um, sort of a ripoff of hair and O Calcutta to uh, do, do other uh, d- daring musicals of the 70s. Yeah. Um, and it's just like an incredibly obscene, like start to finish all the way through musical. Um, but it does have a song called, uh, I'm gay that I do recommend people listen to cause it is <laughs> the most mournful plaintive coming out I've ever heard. Like it's supposed to be very serious, but it just, it, it comes, it's, it's just hysterical anyway. So Great. I'm coming another, another sure hit from the apple people, people are going to love it. But the thing is, I think that's the last like really good song. Like you've got the yeah. uh, "I Found Me" number, but that's about it. Um, mm. Nothing, not, nothing oh, really the, hits I, the same way. Yeah, the "I Stand Alone" song is that the one where they're singing in the rain? I think so. I, that sounds right. The, that something feels like that? logically oh, the next. Come on, just the, they bring back Universal Melody, though. I mean, come on. Oh, great! Yeah, they bring back everyone's favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> you know the Karen Carpenter ripoff song, mm. um, dude. No, that was giving me uh, a heartbeat over 150. It was mm-hmm. 151. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I watched this with my partner, and she was just like, "Man, you know what? Um, I I like this. This is already better than Annette." <laughs> like, <and laughs> like as soon as she's like, "I like this song. It's it just like nice song." <laughs> And that sold her on the movie. For the, she sat through all the rest of it just because she liked that first song. So you can't deny that that song works for people. It does get your heartbeat over 151 beats per, per second. <laughs> it does the job. <laughs> on that note, I think it's time for us to wrap this on up. All right, guys. What is our overall thoughts on the Apple and our cheese ratings. Matt, are you aware of our cheese ratings? I am not. All right, I'll let Andrew go first, and it kind of speaks for itself. Andrew, you're on first. All right. Um, this is an amazing movie uh, <laughs> that everyone should watch, um, probably with drinks and with friends as well, uh, because all your friends should watch it too. Um, I don't have that much more to say. <laughs> uh, cheese rating. Uh, I do you know there's just a thing called apple cheese? That's just a thing. Wow. Yeah. It says it's, it's apples mixed with sugar. So it does. I don't even think it's really cheese, but it seems too appropriate to not give it to this. So I'm going to give it that. 
<laughs> you know what? I cannot f- blame you for that. All right. <laughs> All right, Matt, you got any ideas? What are your overall thoughts and your cheese rating? Oh, a hoot for, for all audiences. Just a blast from start to finish. Uh, recommended for everyone. And um, I don't know, like, do I need to assign a variety of cheese to the movie? Like if this yep. movie was a... Oh, gosh. I mean, I just call it like a real solid supermarket cheddar in that it... <laughs> improves everything like everything tastes better when you got a little bit of apple on top of it i i yeah. cannot disagree with that i love this this was so much fun i and i've watched it twice since like like it is so much fun i can't wait to like pull it out of like parties and stuff um there's only one thing i can give it there's a song by a gentleman called gary corbin called cheese boogaloo and literally i cannot give it anything what? that is not that <laughs> Wow! I don't okay, care if it's okay. a song, but it's called Cheese Boogaloo, so how can I not give it that? Oh, okay. <laughs> this was a blast and a half. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. I really do appreciate your time today. You have amazing content. I love binging it. I love just watching it. Great stuff. You're also one of the few people that actually knows how to use live streams correctly. Um, <laughs> very good you. at that. Um, promote, your, promote your stuff for the world to see for the three people that might not know about it. Yeah, well, so if you uh, enjoyed listening to me babble endlessly about this, um, come check out my YouTube videos. Uh, it's youtube.com slash Matt Baum. I do videos, uh, basically pop culture history videos about uh, moments on TV and film that change the world uh, with where queer culture and uh, pop culture intersect. So check me out over there. I've also got a podcast called The Sewers of Paris. Uh, that's at thesewersofparis.com. I talk to LGBTQ folks about the entertainment that changed their lives. Uh, and I do some live streams over on Twitch. You can find me there, twitch.tv slash Matt Baum. Every Monday afternoon, uh, I do some, you know, just laid back, hanging out, chit chat. Uh, oh, and I've got a newsletter. You can find my cozy, cute little newsletter at mattbaum.com. Sign up for it there. You get some sneak peeks at what I'm working on. Um, I just, uh, I just posted a video over on YouTube about, uh, the, um, the movie Mannequin and Hollywood Montrose, uh, the hero we never knew we needed in the 80s. Uh, I did some videos recently about, uh, gosh, um, uh, so many things. One about uh, Starsky and Hutch to um, Murder, She Wrote, about how g- different gay bars have been portrayed on TV from the 70s into the 80s. Uh, I've got a video up there about The Nanny, about uh, The Nanny's gay episodes, uh, some about uh, Friends, about how Chandler was almost a gay character on Friends until they changed their mind on that. Uh, so anyway... Check that out on my YouTube, and you can get a little sneak peek at what I'm working on next over uh, on my newsletter. That's at mattbaum.com. And I also I do do like to promote the work that I think our audience would be most keen to, like, jump off point. Um, we do mention the Muppets a lot on this show. And you did oh, a beautiful yeah. retrospective on Richard Hunt um, yeah. and his life and how he's impacted the Muppets. That was um, an incredible video. Thank you for that video. Um, I know we've got a lot of Muppets fans out here. So check that one out and then dive through all the rest of it because it's all great content. It's all a 10 out of 10. Thank you so much. Yeah, that was a real hoot, doing uh, a real one deep dive star. on the Muppets. All great content. <laughs> yeah, it's 100% great content, one, one star. star. <laughs> Thumbs down. Thank you so much for joining us, Matt. Um, Thanks so much any, for having me. Any social medias you want to point out? Oh, it's just all my name, youtube.com slash mattbaum, twitter.com slash mattbaum, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch. I'm on everything. Uh, you can find me there. 
All right. Thank you guys for listening. Please like us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher at Musicals with Cheese. We're on Twitter at Cheesy Musicals, Patreon Musicals with Cheese, Instagram Musicals with Cheese, YouTube page Musicals with Cheese. We currently have a patron-only podcast called Patreon with Cheese, where currently I think we're just wrapping up Schmigadoon and we're about to tackle the Cinderella um, adaptation that just premiered on Prime. Um, you're going to have to take a look at that on our Patreon feed. Email us at musicaltheaterlives at gmail.com. Our title card is created by the amazing Joe Jolene Casco. Go send her some love on Instagram at Jolene Casco. Our keeper of the cheese is Juliet Antonio. Thank you for that. Our show is produced by the incredible, the wonderful, the sadly, she's coming back soon, I promise, Brianna Jones. Our theme songs are created by the amazing Robin Nash of IOU Music UK. Thank you to the Broadway Podcast Network for having us on the platform and for not kicking us off for talking so much shit about Letterboxd. I, I know <laughs> you, you're, you've got Letterboxd in your pocket, Broadway Podcast Network, but we will not be reigned by any corporate overlords. We, <laughs> we, we will not wear your sticker. <laughs> what were the BIM sticker? I will not wear the BPN sticker. <laughs> Um, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today. Anything else you want to say before we wrap this on up? Bim's all the way. Hey, hey, hey. Bim's Bim on, on the way. way. <laughs> is it Bim is on the way or Bim is all the way? There's no it's way to both. know. <laughs> it's probably both. Hey, hey, hey. Bim is Bim on is the way. way. <laughs> we'll see you next time on Musicals with Cheese. <laughs> I'm coming. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the Rise Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. Rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.